And uh, I'm really excited. John alluded to some of the changes that are coming up. We made an announcement last week. And um, I'm really excited about what's going to be happening. And I believe that God has some great plans for us. I also wanted to congratulate all the graduates. If um, you are graduating, we have a special Sunday for you in, t- in uh, about three weeks. It's going to be Senior Sunday. And we're going to be celebrating you. And so please bring your gown. We're going to give you the information. You can sign up by calling the church office. And we'll, we'll go from there. So congratulations. You made it. It wasn't what you expected. But guess what? You're going to find out you're, that um, the next few years, the, next, the rest of your life really is not going to turn out the way you expected. Really, school is the only time that is really outlined and planned for you. And you're going to find that as you get out of school, things really change. Um, this past Thursday, we had a pre uh, kind of like a pre-service service. We had a volunteer meeting, and it was awesome. We had a great time with uh, all of our vol- uh, with many of our volunteers, beginning to talk about our two services. And so, um, I'm going to be speaking a lot to volunteers this morning, and I just want to encourage you to ask the Lord, Lord, where is my place in the kingdom? How can I serve the kingdom? How can I expand the kingdom? And so, it was really great getting together with everybody. Um, it was honestly a little weird talking to the people in the chairs in the auditorium. I've been used to uh, speaking directly to a camera for the past two, and a, two, two and a half months. And, uh, but I'm really excited to actually see eyeballs, to see expressions, and, and really see that the words are hitting home in some places. And so I'm really excited. And uh, again, we're going to be going to two services. I'm going to be talking about that. Um, but we have a lot of uh, upcoming things, and June is going to be packed. You can see our, our calendar online and be listening as we talk about some of those things. So before I get started, I want us to pray, and I want us to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts and speak to our minds this morning. So if you, w- if you would, just bow your heads out there. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just lift you up this morning. We ask for your will to be done. God, we need you. God, we can't, we can't go another minute without asking your Holy Spirit to speak to us. And so, Father, we just give you the glory and the honor. We ask for your will to be done. God, I pray that you would help us to hear what you want to say in, in these next few moments, God. I pray that you would show us, God, what we're supposed to be doing. God, I pray that you would speak to every volunteer. You see those of us, God, who are going to be serving and those of us who are going to be stepping up. Father, I pray that you would um, just give us grace, God, uh, to be able to hear what you want to say to us and how we can better serve and expand your kingdom. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to take this off. I'm going to put it over here. So we're going to two services, and we're going to start a new series this morning entitled Expanding the Kingdom. Expanding the Kingdom. Now, I'm going to be honest. The last few months have turned out very differently than um, obviously than any of us expected, but even uh, sermon-wise, we started uh, before we went into quarantine. We started with the blessed life. It's a series about giving, finances, tithing specifically, and we weren't able to finish it. And I'm really excited to finish those two uh, last two sermons in the future. But once we did, once we went into quarantine, we started talking about overcoming fear. We talked about. Um, understanding the truth, how the truth will set us free. Then we went to under authority. My sister gave a great sermon this past weekend. Um, just really, really proud of her. She did amazing. And then uh, now we're going to expanding the kingdom. I will say that none of the series, series have turned out the way that I expected, but I really believe that God is challenging the church 
for us to get out of our comfort zone. Amen. Somebody out there just say amen. God is challenging us to get out of our comfort zone so that we don't get stuck in this rut of going to church on Sunday morning, going to Bible study or small group throughout the week. He's challenging us to keep our relationship with him fresh so that we can hear what he's saying to us. We're talking about expanding the kingdom, and I want to ask you a question. Did you know that you have a specific role in expanding the kingdom? The kingdom of God, not just kingdom church, but the global body of Christ. You have an important role in expanding God's kingdom. We talked about that this morning. You know, you just see about three or four of us on the platform any given Sunday, depending how many people are on the worship team or who's up here speaking. But there, there are about 10 to, 10 to 12 other volunteers who are in this room who are making, um, making the service happen. We're simply just up here uh, being the face of the service, but there are many people behind the scenes that are making this happen. And, and I gave this analogy this morning. You know, when, you, when you're looking at me, you see eyeballs, you see hair, you see my skin, maybe you see my fingernails if you have really good vision, but you don't see my heart, you don't see my lungs, you, you don't see my blood vessels, you don't see my bones, you don't see all these things underneath the skin. If I didn't have those things underneath my skin, then, then the, my, my skin would start to turn colors, it would, and um, I, would, uh, I would look very, very different. Using the analogy to say that you guys, everybody that is watching, you have an important role to play in the kingdom of God. And so just because you're not on the platform doesn't mean you're not important. You are very important. You have a role to play. Now, you're, you might say, great, I'm vital, but what is the kingdom of God exactly? I think we, our church is called Kingdom Church. We've talked a little bit about what that means. Um, but what is the kingdom of God exactly? I gotta, there are many ways you can describe it. It's also called the kingdom of heaven in the Bible. But one, of, uh, one definition I think that has helped me understand what the kingdom of God is this. The kingdom of God is God's reality. It is God's reality. So when Jesus came to earth, he came to bring God's reality. And God is inviting us to walk, to live in this new place called the kingdom of God. In God's reality, God is always in control he always has a plan. He knows what he's doing. Even though we may go through some hard things, in God's reality, he's in control. And the word says he works all things together for our good. It doesn't matter what you're going through. You may have, uh, of course, this season is very hard for many people. The word of God says that this season is working together with other seasons so that all things work together for good, for our good. God has a plan. That is God's reality. Look at Romans 14, verse 17. It says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. I love this verse. This is the kingdom of God. He says the kingdom of God is not a, just a matter of being able to eat nice things, to wear nice things, to drink nice things. To, to, for, it's not just the kingdom of God is not just about our, our outward senses, our sensual senses. Our, the kingdom of God is about right living, which is righteousness peace and joy. I want you to think about this. There are people living all around the world in different economic situations. Some people are very, very rich. Some people are very poor, and there's a lot of people in between. But if you look at some people, you, you'll see that there are some people that have everything, and yet they're miserable. In reality, they feel like they have nothing. They have the nicest watches, cars, houses, clothes, um, right jobs they have everything but they feel like they have nothing and then you see people in africa who know jesus who literally have nothing struggling to feed their families or put roofs over their families heads but they feel like they have everything 
This is the difference between existing in this world, but existing in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is full of peace and joy and, and righteous living or right living. God is inviting us into this place. I, had a, I was talking to someone the other day, and they were saying that if they had, they said, man, if I had been going through what I went through right now, last year, I don't know where I, what I would do. I don't know how to respond because it's hard enough right now. And I was talking to them, and we we're just talking about how we learn to walk more into the kingdom of God. We learn how to live more in God's kingdom. Did you know you, there is more peace, there is more joy, there is more righteous living that he wants us to experience? And when we walk in his ways, we experience more of these things that his kingdom offers. We can experience more of his kingdom. The other day I was uh, watching a, a video on, on Facebook, and, the, and there, was, uh, there was a contestant on America's Got Talent. And this man had been wrongfully convicted and incarcerated in prison for over 37 years. He had a gift, he had, he, had a, he had a beautiful voice, and he was on this show, but that was part of his testimony. And I was like, man, that is rough. Imagine being in prison for 37 years for a crime that you didn't commit. And I know that happens, uh, unfortunately, a lot of times. But this man was in prison for the, the prime years of his life. And, of course, they did an interview, and, they, and they, they, they did this video tribute to him. But one of the things he said really caught my attention. He said, he said freedom is of the mind. He said, I went to prison, but I didn't allow my mind to go to prison. And I thought, that is one of the most profound things that anyone can understand. He said, freedom is of the mind, and, the, and it's true. We talked about the battle of the mind a, a couple of months ago when we talked about the truth will set us free. When we know God's truth, when we know God, when we understand God's reality, we begin to trust him more, we see him provide for us more, we realize it doesn't matter what situation we find ourselves in, God is going to take care of us, and it's going to be okay. This man and, uh, is a believer. He said, I went to prison, but I didn't allow my mind to go to prison. Did you know, it doesn't matter where you're sitting down, where you're laying down, who you're with, you can right now close your eyes and you can say, Lord, I want to walk in freedom. I want to experience that peace and joy and God can give it to you. It doesn't matter what your debt is. It doesn't matter what situation you found yourself in. It doesn't matter what relationship you're in. God wants to give you freedom and it's found in the kingdom of God. So when I say you have a role to play, you have a role in inviting other people into this place called the kingdom of God. And it's a place of freedom. It's a place of joy because it's a place of joy and peace. I want to read you a few more verses about the kingdom of God. Uh, Matthew 5 verse 3 says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Again, when you hear the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, they're synonymous. I want you to think God's reality. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is part is, is, the, is God's reality. Matthew 5, verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Those who do the right thing and yet they're they're persecuted, theirs is God's reality. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 6:33, one of my favorite verses. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. This is a verse I've consistently gone back to. That when I need something, and in the verses prior to this first talk about how God takes care of the birds of the air, he feeds them, he clothes the ground with grass, and he says, if God takes care of those things, how much more will he take care of you? When I, when I feel down, I feel like I don't have what I need, I've gone back to this verse and say, God, I'm, I'm looking towards your kingdom, and I know when I do that, you'll take care of me. Look at Matthew 4, verse 17, and, and, and we're going to read Mark 1 in just a second. 
when Jesus started his ministry, you'll find that he was baptized, and then he, he began to say this saying. You find it in a couple of books in the New Testament. Matthew 4, verse 17, it says this. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Meaning, when you, when you hear the word at hand, you can also say the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is near. It's very close. It's very, and, of course, we know that Jesus himself is the embodiment of the kingdom. But he said, what he's saying is the kingdom of heaven is near. It's at hand. It's close. My reality that you can walk into is near. Look at Mark 1, verse 14. He says, Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time was fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Now, I'm going to be honest. Up until yesterday, this is how I, or maybe it's the day before, up until this past weekend, this is how I saw this verse. Jesus come along on the scene and he's saying, hey, repent. You need to repent because the kingdom of God has an arrow. He's saying, hey, the way, I, the way I understood it was you need to repent because the heaven is near. And the only way you can get into heaven, the only way you can have a relationship with me is if you turn away from your sins, repent. And so I kind of uh, saw it like this. Hey, it's time to shape up. It's time to get your life together. It's time to let go of those things so that you can go to heaven. But I saw this uh, differently yesterday for the first time. Jesus is saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know why God is saying repent? He's saying repent, turn away from your old deeds so that you can enter into this new reality. He's not saying it to get on to us. He's saying, hey, I have this awesome place that I want you to live in called the kingdom of God. And until you repent, you will not begin to experience the fullness of peace and joy and freedom that I want to bring into your life. It's almost as if Jesus is saying, hey, I have this amazing proposition for you. I have this amazing opportunity for you. If you will just repent, turn away from your deeds, turn away from, um, from what you want if you will just do this, you'll begin to enter into the kingdom of God. I just have to read this. As I was saying this, something came to mind, and this is totally uh, um, all kind of off, offhand, off the cuff, but I want to read, I want to read this. I, I don't know if I, oh, I did screenshot it. Listen to this carefully. This is so good. God, and this is part of God's kingdom, God will always, get, always gives the best, listen to this, to those who leave the choice to him. God always gives the best to those who leave the choice to him, meaning God wants to give you his best. Everything, all the blessings are in God's kingdom, but you have to leave that choice to him. You cannot choose God's best. You have to say, Lord, I'm giving you, I'm giving you permission to speak into my life. When we do that, he gives us his best. So why do we repent? So we can enter into God's reality. This is the kingdom of God. So you have a role to play in expanding the kingdom. There's a well-known saying that we're the hands and feet of Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about how there are many members of the body of Christ. We'll read a little bit about that. We have a role to play. I want to read a, a, a verse in Romans 10, verse 9. Uh, it's going to talk about the importance of our role. Romans 10, verse 9. It says, this is very famous, two verses. You'll, you'll, uh, you'll remember it, or you'll remember when I say it. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord... And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Very, very simple. If you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, and, and, and you confess him as Lord, you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, and confess him, you will be saved. And then in verse 13 it says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But we'll see in verse 14 
that not everyone can experience this. So we're going to find out why. Look at verse 14. He says, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? He's saying, how are they going to call on Jesus if they haven't believed in him? And then it says, how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? He says, how are people going to believe in Jesus if they've never even heard of him? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? He says, unless someone comes along and preaches the gospel to these people who have never heard of the name of Jesus, how are they going to believe? And then verse 15, how are they to preach unless they are sent? We have a part to play in expanding the kingdom. God is wanting to send us into the world. I already mentioned this earlier. You have, a, have an important role to play in expanding the kingdom because you have an important part in the body of Christ. Every body part has a vital role to play. And it's not like tonsils where you could just take them out and you don't need them. I never understood that. I think science hasn't figured out why tonsils are important. Maybe they give you better days on, on Fridays or something. I don't know. Every body part has an important role to play. Every part. Look at Luke 10 verse 1. This passage, in this passage, Jesus is sending out 72 disciples, and I, and I talked about this this past Thursday. Jesus didn't just have 12 disciples. He had many disciples, but he picked 12 to be his close apostles and disciples, but he also had many others, and so we're going to see that. Luke 10, verse 1. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of them, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. So he's saying, Jesus is saying, hey, I'm going to send out these people into these villages, into these rural and remote places where I'm about to go. I'm going to send them to prepare the way for my coming. And us today, we are doing that. Jesus is going to come back again a second time, and he's sending us out. And this is what he told these 72 people. He said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. He said, there's a lot of, the harvest is people. He said, there's a lot of people that need to be reached, but there are only a few people. There's only a few laborers. He says, therefore, pray earnestly, pray to our God, to the Lord of the harvest, to send out laborers into his harvest. He said, let's pray to the Father to send out people so that, so that we can gather a big harvest. And he gives him a couple of instructions. Go your way. Behold, I'm sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Look at verse 8. He says, when you're going out, whenever you enter a town and they receive you, Eat what is set before you, and this is what you're to do. You're to heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. So to, 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 to recap, God is sending out these disciples. He's sending us out, and he's saying, hey, don't worry about uh, what's, what's, uh, if you have food to eat. Don't worry about if you have um, things in your bag to take care of you. Don't worry about even having sandals on your, on your feet. I will provide for you. All that you need to do is to go out. I will provide every need you need, that you have to reach the people to bring in a great harvest. And he says, when you come into a place, tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. There's no greater joy that I, that I have when I'm able to pray with somebody, whatever they're going through, and to show them truth in God's word and at the end of it, pray with them and see their eyes open to how much God loves them and how much God wants to provide for them. There's no greater joy. Whenever I do that, whenever we do that, we're inviting people into God's kingdom. You know, we're meeting online. We're going to be meeting in person here in a few weeks. Um, we, uh, we've, we added another camera, a different kind of camera angle today. One of the reasons we have spent thousands and thousands of dollars on these cameras, and, you, and we've been able to do that because of your giving. 
one of the reasons we have done that is because we are reaching the harvest. You know, before we had, before we were, um, we went online, we, we didn't do anything online. We were just meeting in person. We could only have at the most 200 people in here, 250 people in here, and that, that was maxing it out. Last week, last week's sermon reached almost two, had almost 2,000 views. 2,000, that's, and with 200 to 2,000, that's 10 times as many people watching in. One of the reasons we were investing in this equipment, having people volunteer, is so that we can reach the harvest. We literally have people in many states across the United States, and we even have some people around the world. And I mentioned this on Thursday. We have uh, a few ladies in Venezuela that are watching every week because they're not able to meet at their church. The reason we have spent this money is so that we can reach the harvest. I, I would say that that is the money well spent. If people are hearing the word, hearing God's truth, and being set free. So it's actually funny. It's hard to imagine how we didn't do this before. And, um, I th- and, I, and I've said this many times. I don't think we would have done this unless uh, COVID-19 had come along. So thank God always works things that are not, that seemingly are not working out for us, works them together for our good. Another way we can reach the harvest is to have two services. Now, we, we announced this last week. This is why we're, we're, we're talking about the next few weeks, expanding the kingdom. This is the reason that, um, we're gonna, uh, the reason that we're expanding the kingdom is to go in, in, in to reach the harvest, and that's why we're going to two services. Now, I want to quickly go through some benefits and costs because anything you do has benefits, and, every, and, and, some, and there's always some costs. So those of us who are smart, and I'm slowly getting there, we have learned to do, to do things uh, to give up certain things so that we have greater benefit. Now, what are the benefits? I'm going to spend the rest of the sermon talking about going to two services, and I really believe that we need to do this so that we get on the same page. What are some benefits? Number one, more room for guests. We can, like I said, we can only seat about 200 people in in this room. Comfort, and well, it's that's actually kind of pushing it, but comfortably about. 180 to 200 people. That gives us more room for guests. When we go to two services, we can have double the amount of people. Second of all, we have two service options for us and guests. And, and John talked about this earlier. We're going to have services at 9.30 and at 10.15. 9.30, It's also an opportunity for us to attend ser- service every week. Those of us who volunteer in the nursery and in kids' church if you volunteer, you're not able to attend service every week. What's going to happen is you're going to be able to serve in one service, <clears throat> excuse me, serve in one service and attend the other one. This is going to be really important. I really believe it's important that all of us are able to attend service. Okay, I know it was something else, more opportunities for people to serve, more involvement, more ownership. Those of us who have been meeting every week here in the auditorium have really developed this close bond, and I really believe that God is wanting to bring us uh, more people to serve and volunteer. So as, as I'm talking, I'm going to keep talking a little bit, and I'm going to ask this question at the end. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit and say, uh, Holy Spirit, how, what is my place in the kingdom of God? How can I expand God's kingdom? What is my part to play in this? So those are some of the benefits, some of the pros. Now, what are some of the costs or also the cons? Initially, more of a, we're, we're going to have to volunteer more often because we're going to two services, which means we need double the volunteers. We also added a few ministries. We added our broadcast ministry. We're at also adding a security team. So for the time being, until we get more volunteers, we're going to have to volunteer more often. That's going to, uh, for most of us, it's going to be volunteering every other week. So you'll volunteer one service, attend the next service, and then the next week you'll have the week off. 
Also, it'll be a longer Sunday when you're serving. So the Sunday you're serving, you have to come early for pre-service prayer if you're serving. And then you'll serve that first service and you'll attend the next one. So it'll be a longer Sunday. It'll be a little longer Sunday than we're used to. Also, service times are changing. Some of y'all were just like, hey, 1030 is perfect. 1115 is a little too late. 930 is way too early. It's going to be changing. So those are some of the costs. After going through the benefits and the costs, pros and cons, we have to ask ourselves a question. Do the benefits outweigh the cost? And I think if we're honest, we'll say, yes, the, the benefits do outweigh the cost. We'll have a couple service times. Um, we'll, have, we'll be able to be in service every Sunday, even if we're serving. Yes, the easy answer is yes. But the follow-up question is this. Will it be easy to transition to this? The answer to that is no. It's not going to be easier, especially at the beginning. It's going to be harder because it's going to be different. It's going to be a new season. Um, we're going to volunteer more. We're going to have to give more time. It will be harder. But the benefits, I believe, outweigh the costs. And if, if you think about it, everything costs us something. Now, I gave this analogy on Thursday. I'm going to give it again this morning. This is a silly one because we all do this and we don't even think about it. But when you go to church, um, oh, sorry, when you go to church, we're at church. When you go to work, I said church is work for me, so maybe that's why I said that. It's, it's not hard to work. I love it. It's a lot of work, but it's not hard. When you go to work every day, you are sacrificing time away from your spouse or from your family. Is that right? You're sacrificing time. If you valued your time more than, than what work brings, then you would stay at home. But you realize something, that at the end of two weeks or the end of a month, you get this thing called a paycheck. And guess what? If you're married, it makes your spouse really happy. So we don't even think about that. But we, get, we give up time throughout the day to be away from our family, our little ones. If you have babies, I know that's really hard to be away from your, from your kiddos, especially when they're little. Um, you give up that time so that you get this benefit at the end of two weeks called a paycheck. It's an easy cost. That's an easy cost for us to give up. It makes sense to us. We don't even think twice about it. But it is still a cost. Here's another thing. When you go to school, it doesn't matter if you're just out of high school, just graduate, you're going to go to high school, or you're a working mom or working dad going to school. You give up time away from your family so that you get this degree that will help you financially in the future. Is that right? Also, when we follow Jesus, we have to give up some things. And it's, that's never fun, but I have found after giving up things for, for 12, 13 years, following the Lord, six, actually 16 years, um, following the Lord wholeheartedly, I've learned that it's been well worth it to give up, the th- give up the things I held dear to my heart and embrace what God had for me. Everything in life has a cost, everything. It's going to be no different in this transition. There's going to be a big cost. I'm telling you, some of us who are only used to volunteering once a month or, or less than that, we're going to have to be volunteering every other week, at least once every three weeks. But do the benefits outweigh the cost? I believe they do. I believe we're going to see people come into the service. I think we're going to have more people take ownership. I believe that God is going to expand the kingdom in a greater way, but it's going to cost something. That's why we're introducing an initiative, which is sit one, serve one, sit one. I really value, and Elsa spoke to this a little bit on Thursday. I grew up in a, in, a, in a pastor's household, and every Sunday I had a responsibility. I, I was either in youth group or I was in worship. There was a responsibility, and Elsa said this really well on Thursday. She said, you know, 
even if I was in nursery or I was over nursery, over kids' church or in a kids' church, I always had something on my mind uh, of what needed to be done during that morning service, and I wasn't able to fully engage in the worship, in the word, or the altar call. And, and that's true. I know how that feels. And I, as a pastor, I've had to learn to... Uh, to put time aside for myself and say, hey, today I'm not going to think about anything or this Sunday I'm going to go out of town uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend some time away and just regroup or even just sit in during service. I was able to do that uh, to some degree last week as I was able to hear Elsa preach. I really believe that each of us need to have some time where we can sit in service unhindered. Even if you're doing something as simple as greeting, which we're going to, we're going to have a game plan for that um, for greeters during the service they're serving. Um, I really believe every person needs a service each weekend where you can sit in. This is why we're doing this. I believe the, the benefit is going to be very, very great, and, but it's going to require us to give up a little bit more of our time. Now, I want to give you a few things to end, some things that we need to succeed. Number one, we need commitment. I want to read a, a passage in 1 Corinthians 12, and, and I, I referenced it already a couple of times. But I want to go ahead and read it, 1 Corinthians 12. 14 through 20 and 26 through 27. It says, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I am not the hand, I do not belong to the body. Maybe the foot's jealous of the hand and say, Hey, I want to be the hand. The hand, the hand gets to pick up things, gets to shake people's hands, gets to give people a hug. I, I'm, not, I'm not the hand. I'm a, I'm a foot. I have a, I have a sock on me all the time. I have a shoe on me. The hand gets to be seen. Maybe that's, I never thought of that, but maybe that's why the foot saying that. You don't even see me. And even when they see me, people turn away. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. If the foot just say, I'm not the hand because I have a sock on me and a, and a shoe and an ugly shoe. <laughs> I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, I guess the ear and the foot are in the same category. The ear should say, because I'm not the eye. People don't look at me like the way they look at the eye. I do not belong to the body. W- would that make it any less part of the body? <laughs> if the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? He's saying if the whole body was the, the eye, and let's just, just make it relevant for us today. If the, if the whole body was people uh, standing on the platform speaking, who would work the cameras? Who would greet the people walking in? Who would run the social media or the media in the sound booth? Who would do these things? And I, and I said this many times, but the, the first impression that people have of a church is the greeter. So if the greeter is not doing their job or is not friendly or doesn't have the spirit of God living it in them and the fruits of the spirit, they're going to walk in and they're going to tune out what I'm saying, what the worship is singing. Uh, they're going to tune everything else out. He's saying, so if the whole body were the eye, would be the sense of smell. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Look at verse 26. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. If you, hopefully through that passage and through some of this, this funny stuff, you understand you have a part to play. If everybody was a hand and there wasn't any feet, we couldn't walk around. We have to be in a wheelchair being pushed around by another, by another person. Every, every person, every body part has a specific role to play. I want us to just kind of also adapt this saying, my church, my responsibility. You have a part to play. And one thing we'll need to succeed is commitment. Number two, we'll need patience. Now, this is going to be a crazy transition. I did not think we'd go to two services this quick, but here we are. 
I'm going to ask for all of us, all of us, from, from nursery worker, greeter, to anyone on the platform, to have patience and to and say, hey, this is going to be an adjustment. We're going to have to change some things. It'll probably take several months before we get a groove of this new, this new reality. So I'm going to ask for patience. Next, uh, third of all, flexibility. Some of y'all are going to be moved around. Some of you were, 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 in, were hosting or greeting, and we're going to ask you to be in kids, or we're going to have to be in Kingdom Central, or maybe be in the media booth or be behind a camera. I'm going to ask for flexibility. If this is going to be work well, our bodies are flexible. They're flexible for a reason, so we can get things done. Uh, fourth of all, social responsibility. Now, that speaks to the season we're in right now. Respecting people's boundaries. Not everyone's going to want to shake your hand when we come back. Everyone's going to want to give you a hug. That's okay. Don't take offense. All of us are at different levels when it comes to uh, the quarantine and taking care of ourselves. Let's all respect one another. Also, if you're not feeling well, stay home. That's okay. If you're sick, you got a cough, or uh, you just, you really feel, and you, this is where you ask the Lord. If you don't feel, have faith to come to church, don't, and it's okay. We will, we will all work together. And then lastly, need courage. Part, this is part of our culture. If you attend Kingdom Church, we want everyone to serve. Everyone serves. Everyone. If you, when do you serve? You might ask, when do I start serving? Do you consider Kingdom Church home? If the answer is yes, you need to serve. There is great benefits in serving. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that next week, uh, about serving and servant leadership. You can receive just, I'm telling you, you can receive just as much serving as you can sitting in, in, in the, I was going to say in the pews or in the chairs. You can receive just as much. Amen.